0: Welcome to Mindset Talks Podcast. It's a girls, Cassie
1: and Amanda. And
0: we are here to share our mindsets,
1: elevate yours, and have some fun while achieving better versions of ourselves. I am so excited, so excited that I am counting down my final days of working in a retail store. Woo-hoo. Yes. And I am slow. I like when I tell you, I'm so excited. I could just jump out of my skin with joy. I so bet. excited. I'm literally within, I think, today was my eighth day. I have seven more days after oh. the shift. I don't know where I'll be when this episode release. Hopefully, I will be already working remotely. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. But either way. I will be days closer to being remote. Um, you know, I never really envisioned myself to work remotely. I've always said that I wanted to do it, mm-hmm. but I never actually like pictured myself in the environment to be at home and working. So it's it's becoming a little more real. And
0: yeah,
1: I don't know. I'm just like anxious with excitement. You know, I'm not anxious with like fear.
0: Right. Well, and you should be. You've been waiting for this moment for a long time. You've been waiting for change and hopefully it will be change for it is going to be for the better because it's going to be things that make you happy. It's going to be a little less crazy of a schedule and things like that. And, you know, um, I I was blessed with being able to work from home for a little bit during the pandemic. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. now I can't, but it was some good times. So I think that you'll enjoy it and you'll be able to get more stuff done, which is nice, too.
1: Yeah, I, it's crazy because I, ever since my mom passed, I've been on like work only mode, like work, work, I got to work, dedicated to my job. And not that I'm any less dedicated to my job, but I'm like burnt out from my job. So the fact that I finally made it to a place in my life where I'm okay with taking a pay cut to get a job that I have to work less hours, but with the same company and I get more time back to myself. That's huge. That's a really big thing. And for me, it felt like a really big step because it's something that I've contemplated for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have some forces behind Mm -hmm. that as to why I have to do it or, you know, make me feel more obligated to finally make that change. But when I, when I look at the big picture and I'm looking literally like, pay versus happiness mm-hmm. i'm like damn girl you've been letting that pay just <laughs> overtake your happiness for far too long and especially with you know i don't know if, are we still in a pandemic i'm not really sure
0: yeah i would say so
1: we, we technically are okay mm-hmm. well we <laughs> would saying the environment that we're living in and the quality of life right now that i can't sacrifice my happiness any longer and no you know, I started to realize that in 2020, but never actually did anything about it. I would just take more hikes and get more fresh air. And
0: I really could sh- do.
1: <laughs> right. But that shit only held me over for so long. You know, mm-hmm. it was just OK. But then after a while, it became less exciting to do those things. Yeah. And then it just turned back into the old hustle and bustle. You know, because right. with with the pandemic, when that like was announced as COVID in what, February, March of 2020, I wasn't even in my newly promoted role for a whole, for a whole year yet at that time. Oh, wow. So it really ruined things for me. Yeah. I didn't get the experience that I've been training and seeing. Mm-hmm. I only had that for a good nine, 10 months. Mm. And then it went left and everything that I used to know as how the role supposed to go changed because, you know, with retail and with life, you shift and you have to change shit up and go with the flow or you're going to fucking drown. So, you know, (laughs) I didn't get the I didn't get the full experience of what I was really working towards. And I realized that, you know what, that's okay because if this is how it is now, I got to go. (laughs) Definitely. And that you are. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm telling you, people, you speak it into the atmosphere and it will happen My patience has been tested. I've been so anxious. Like, I just have had so many emotions. I've been bitter, but that's just me. When I'm frustrated, I become bitter Mm. and I don't like anything anymore. I don't like people. I don't like this. I don't like that. But you, like, I'm a firm believer that if you put it into the atmosphere and you truly believe you're going to receive it and you add a little patience to it. It will eventually come, especially if it's something that you're meant to have. And yes. that's how I feel about the situation.
0: Yes, because it is all about that mindset, baby. You just have to mindset keep... <laughs> really, really think about it. And I just think it's pretty cool, especially now that like all of this whole experience has been recorded since we started. You know, you've been talking about it and things and yes. now it's actually coming into fruition. And I just think that that's yes. so cool. Yeah,
1: thank you. I just... Had to bring it up again because it's it's something that's keeping me afloat these days. And with as good as it is, it's making these last days of work a lot harder. (laughs) (laughs) Sure it is. You'll miss it
0: though. You might get a little stir crazy after a while, but
1: I'll definitely miss my coworkers. Um, You know, I can't say that I'm so close to everybody, but there's a lot of people that I really, you know, do respect that I work with and that I will miss just having our own conversations and just keeping up with them. Not that I'm going to be giving my number to everybody because I sure ain't, but, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like every day now I go to work and a new person's like, oh, I heard you're leaving. Oh, I heard you're leaving. You're leaving us. Where are you going? Oh, you didn't come and tell me you're leaving. I had to find out from so-and-so and and I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize y'all cared that much, you know? (laughs) Right. But it's just one of those, you don't know until you're gone how people really feel about you and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I knew most people respected me. Like that wasn't a, that wasn't in question. So right, right. But yeah, so now I'm like, if something negative happens at work, I'm like, see, this is exactly why I'm leaving. Yeah. I'll use any excuse at this point. Oh, someone tripped and fell, messed up our days of safety. See, that's exactly why I'm leaving. Oh, <laughs> <They> don't <laughs> find anything. <laughs> Customer complained. Oh nope, that's why I'm leaving. So <laughs> I say it jokingly, but. There are reasons why I'm leaving, just so y'all know. <laughs> there are actual reasons, but anyways, I just I just had to, um, you know, kind of start off this episode with a, a highlight in my life, and especially since everyone has been listening to what I've been going through, as you said, mm-hmm. I had to keep everyone posted on the good news.
0: Yes, definitely, it's a huge. It's a huge thing going on in your life right now, and it couldn't come at a more perfect time. So,
1: girl, you ain't lying. I'll
0: say that <laughs>
1: you ain't lying. <laughs> Anyways, enough of me. How can can I ask since we're keeping up to date on? <laughs> you're not allowed uh, to
0: ask anything. <laughs> what do you
1: mean?
0: I don't know. You just make me nervous. I don't know. What.
1: Mindset talks. You set yourself up for this. Did I? If, if you're on an episode with me, you're open fire for questions and it's nothing crazy. Gosh.
0: Did it make you forget what it was?
1: (laughs) Nope. So, yeah, nice try. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to ask do you have any um, updates on either how you're doing with eating before podcasting and (laughs) or and or with being more personable at work?
0: Um... No and no.
1: <laughs> yeah, dog.
0: Listen, okay, the whole eating before we podcast thing is a little complicated unless like I run to the kitchen as soon as I get home and you know, prepare and stuff like that. Or we like podcast like super late. So I don't know. It's just kind of hard to to work it into the schedule. But being personable, <laughs> hmm. Nope, nope, not not too much. I can't because it's not it's not like your job. I don't have like constant interaction with people at work like that. So it's lucky.
1: really. You're hard. so lucky. <laughs> no blame. <played. laughs>
0: it's kind of hard to like give myself those opportunities. Um, so, I mean, still a work in progress. I guess we'll just kind of see how it goes.
1: Okay. Well, I'd just like to throw out a challenge as my last request. Oh, um, joy. <laughs> to uh, be of support in that because you know i'm always here to support you regardless of what it is unless i really disagree Mm -hmm. um (laughs) that maybe you take a moment to stretch your legs from your desk and go and check in on someone and ask how they're doing okay cool thanks
0: (laughs) um yeah i don't know maybe
1: (laughs) just saying talk about the weather it's been getting nice lately (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's true. But so, I mean, there's obviously like people in my building, but like the people that like are my employees and stuff, they're spread throughout the city. So sometimes it's a little hard to just like, you know, walk on over there. (laughs) You're right. Okay. I got you. I got you. But not not to say that there's not people that I could talk to, but, you
1: know. Okay. All right. All right. We'll keep an eye out for that. You know, I'll remember (laughs) at some point. Yes. Give me a couple months, I'll remember to ask you. Fortunately, you will. <laughs> Damn.
0: <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is something I need to work on, so <laughs> challenge accepted, okay?
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so, anywho, I know you're... Um, I like to call you the mastermind of our episodes. And Oh, God. I just wanted to uh, allow you the opportunity to jump in on what we have for our people today.
0: Yeah, so, you know... We are still in the month of April and this episode will also air in April. So I was just trying to rack my brain and think about things that we could talk about that are related to the head and neck cancer for the Awareness Month and, you know, have your experiences tie into that a little bit as well. So Mm -hmm. what I was thinking was I know we've kind of like brushed upon the topic and we've mentioned things here and there. Um, but I think it might be helpful to some people if we really try to go into a little more detail about the effects of cancer treatments. Okay. So I think between the two of us, our parents have experienced a like wide range of treatments and things and just cancer in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would be helpful for people to hear, you know, maybe it's something that they're contemplating on doing or you know trying to figure out like what to expect or you know whatever the case might be so i think it might um might help a little bit to see where the conversation goes to just kind of get into like the the nitty gritty
1: okay well if you want ma- if you want i'll jump into it i feel like with my mom she had i would call them common or typical types of reactions to going through like chemo radiation type of treatment Mm -hmm. treatments she she had both she had both Mm -hmm. she had both um her hair loss was a big thing you know her hair thinned out and just vanished I guess is the best way to put it Mm -hmm. Um,
0: so she completely lost all her hair or no
1: yeah she went bald. She had like little peach fuzzies on there, but Aww. she lost her hair, um which she already had a shortcut anyways, mm-hmm. so it's not like my mom lost this it was like drastic full head of beautiful hair that hung below her shoulders and wallowed in the wind. I don't know um you know my mom she had a shortcut she had a fade <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> fade yeah. with a little high top she loved her she loved her haircut, yeah, so um. She, You know, she did lose all of her hair, so she did end up wearing hats a lot, which my mom wore hats before anyways, Mm -hmm. sometimes. You know, like, she was kind of on and off with hats, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't, like, a new style really for her, the sense of having to wear a hat. She just wore hats more often. Gotcha. Um, But she didn't seem to be, like, insecure about not having any hair. I mean, this is the same woman who had a mastectomy and walked around the house with one boob on her chest, so... I don't, I don't think she was highly affected by her hair loss. <laughs> right. But she also did wear um, a hat often because her head was cold. So mm-hmm. she, you know, her head was covered either way. Okay. Um, But that was one of the first major changes. Her hair did um, grow back though. You know, it like was coming back in like straight hair. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like, I don't want to say they always say, but. From her and what I've experienced with other people is that their hair, when it grows back, it's like baby hair. Like, it's nicer hair than the hair they had prior to cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, prior to treatment, which is mm-hmm. a little weird, but I'm like okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so she had suffered hair loss. Um, but I want to say that was with the radiation, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it with the chemo? I honestly can't remember. It makes me a little concerned that all of it's so blurred and I can't put a timeline to it. It's hard. Right. But if I look at pictures, I can put a timeline to it. Mm. But um, the main thing that really stuck out to me was her weight loss. Mm. Um, She was already a toothpick to begin with, so that yeah. was just kind of hard. Right. And then uh, with treatment, she just became thinner. Her appetite had changed, mm-hmm. so she wasn't as... Like she, my mom was a snack machine. Like she, she used to eat all the snacks. She'd be eating all the time. Like as a kid, I would not sleep with her because she had crumbs in her bed, <laughs> because she was always snacking. Like goddamn woman, not even your bed is a safe zone. Right. So I just remember that the most. Like that's most prominent in my memory mm-hmm. of the weight loss that she had went through, and then her skin was so dry. Yeah. I remember she kept um Like
0: all over or
1: um, I don't know how far. Like I didn't really like I just remember in general her skin, like her hands and arms, I think her legs. Gotcha. Like she just had dry ass skin. So I remember she always like kept lotion, kept herself, you know, as well moisturized as she could, especially coming right out the shower. Mm-hmm. Um but I just always remember that she uh always kept like this nice tube of lotion with her. Because of just how dry and how quickly her skin would get dry. Hmm. I don't know if that's a common uh, common effect. Do you know?
0: Um, so from my experience, that is an effect of the radiation. Um, right. Because in my dad's situation, you know, his cancer was in his throat. And so that's where all the radiation was, um, mm-hmm. was focused when he went in for his treatments. Mm-hmm. And his entire neck was completely dry and like flaky Yeah, and I remember just sitting there and lotioning his neck and stuff and just like seeing just like all the like flakes of skin flakes yeah and it was Mm -hmm. just it was it was the grossest thing but let me tell you moisturizing that was probably like one of the most important things to do because yes it really didn't look that bad like after everything was completed Mm-hmm. So, I would just say for like a tip is making sure that you stay up on more moisturizing, whether you have to do that for them or just yep. you know annoying them to do it themselves, but mm-hmm. that was definitely huge it was it was gross um but you know you had to do what you had to do, and
1: I'm exactly glad that I did it so yeah i I didn't have to necessarily lotion her sometimes I helped my mom with like um admi- administering meds at times, but that wasn't um due to like the chemo or radiation Mm -hmm. um but another thing i do remember is her with her appetite change there were like certain things she just wouldn't eat or like couldn't eat Mm -hmm. so um that was a little bit different because like i said my mom was like snack machine she was like cookie monster eat everything and just (laughs) go ham so seeing her with like a i guess a reduced diet Mm -hmm. was was really odd yeah you know and then, of course, being lethargic, how mm. tired she was. And it that, that was another heavy hitter because my mom was full of energy all the time. Mm, she was so the life well. of the party. Like, <laughs> so she well. made me tired with the energy she had, you know? Yeah. And to see her be so lethargic and so tired was, for me, even though it's not the right thing to say, I feel like it made me feel like she was dying. Because of how tired she was. Yeah. Because it was so foreign for me to see her so like lethargic and down like that that I right. automatically just felt like that was a symptom of dying. Not a symptom of treatment, but a symptom of dying. Like I took it there mentally, you know. Yeah. yeah definitely. So that was uh that was hard. But I remember her um fingernails turned black, like they like darkened, didn't turn black. Mm. But, like, her fingernails had, like, a darker hue to them. Really? Yeah. It was really weird. I don't know why I just now remember that. But it's like she spoke to me and was like, hey, don't forget about my fingernails real <laughs> quick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was just so weird. I'm like, "Why well, do I remember her fingernails being... They were darkened. It was really weird. was mm. weird. I think they might have been a little harder. Like, they were kind of like claws. Not, like, to be, like, an <laughs> asshole to say they're like claws. But, like, they hardened. Right. But, yeah. That's... That's the extent of what I remember. Um, sometimes I feel terrible that I can't remember more or like more specifics to it. But that's also, I think, my defense mechanism. Of, Definitely. I'm not gonna say it's denial, but it's just if I, I guess it's denial. If I don't remember, it, it didn't happen. You know, yeah, th- exactly. that type of yeah. that type of thing. So, um, Same. but. Consciously, I don't do that with intent, but I'm sure subconsciously it's a uh, it's happening. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course you have. It's kind of like your response just to like all the trauma and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, I can't really remember much of anything, but like my mom will say something, and I'm like, oh shit, like yeah, that did happen. Or
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I've mentioned a few times that I've been contemplating like this book and stuff, and if. I didn't write all of this stuff down, like right after it had happened. Like there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. So.
1: Well, with your memory, I hate to say it. I mean, and
0: yeah, that makes it worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't help the situation at all. But at the same time, sometimes we pick and choose what we remember without realizing that we're picking and choosing.
0: So Mm -hmm. That too.
1: Mm -hmm. So what were your experiences like with your dad? Did you have anything, um, similar occur with him that occurred to my mom
0: um well definitely the the drying of the skin um, Mm -hmm. as mentioned um he like I had said I don't know in some episode before he did most radiation treatments he only went through the one session of chemo he was supposed to go through I don't even know like many more than that but Mm -hmm. he couldn't handle it at all whatsoever excuse me and uh
1: <laughs> it never fails it doesn't and i this think that's is your why... dad's sign that he's with you like <laughs> it has to be because it makes no damn sense we literally i'm sorry but we literally talked before recording and you didn't even have uh like nothing in your throat like there was just nothing but until we start recording i swear it's like your dad's sign of like oh by the way i'm here
0: <laughs> it is it, it's the weirdest thing and this is why i always think something <laughs> It's wrong with me. (laughs) It's so weird. I'm Um, so sorry. But anyways. The uh, one
1: round of chemo.
0: Yes. So (laughs) after that happened, he had to be hospitalized just because it really like knocked him on his ass. Um, And I forget there was like a specific like term for it or something. But basically they had to hook him up to like all these like IVs with like vitamins and nutrients and stuff to like replenish his body back with everything just because like it really like
1: knocked him down
0: yeah it was wow it was definitely a scary time um and there's no way I don't think there's any way he would have been able to survive more than one um chemo round
1: of that oh I couldn't imagine oh
0: no way I think the radiation definitely just kind of like took a big enough toll as it was and his immune system was just like completely shot and that chemo just fucking I think, I think they call it, um, like cisplatin or whatever in the chemo, like that's like the kind of chemo, whatever he received. And okay, that shit was just not, was not happening. So thankfully we were able to stop that, but to get back on track, um, part of the, the more short term kind of like effects of the radiation, I guess you can say is that it, because it targeted your throat and like, it literally like burned like your insides, Mm -hmm. Um, Which I also think is why the skin drying occurs, too. Yes. Um, It caused so much scar tissue on the inside of his throat. And so that's why or that's what caused his throat to close. Mm -hmm. And that's why he wasn't able to speak and he wasn't able to eat for a year. Right. From when he started the treatment. So. Those are definitely um, parts of the side effects. And, you know, obviously that won't happen with everybody that goes through radiation. It just, it really depends on where it's being targeted.
1: Yeah. And how Um, bad it is is the cancer that they're, the area they're treating.
0: Exactly. And you got to think they had to kill a lemon sized tumor. So they had to really, you know, wouldn't work, fire that up. So he, you know, he lost his voice completely. He wasn't able to speak a word. Um, he wasn't able to eat anything and some of the longer term effects for him was it completely like damaged his gums and like his teeth. Mm. So his teeth started falling out and because his immune system mm. was shot, like he couldn't really get like dentures or anything like that just because right. there was really nothing for it to hold like, on to. Yeah. Um. So that made it harder for when he was actually able to eat again because his teeth weren't what they used to be so mm-hmm. chewing and things like that became a lot more difficult um and that was just kind of something that he had to learn how to adapt with because that was his new quality of life right at that point um so he he definitely went through it with all of his like side effects and things that just kind of like stayed with him forever
1: um I mean it was an aggressive yeah sized amount of cancer and in- a delicate area i mean granted every area of our body is delicate to some degree but that was that was rough
0: yeah and even once he was able to start swallowing again every i don't know couple of weeks and then it went to months and stuff like that he had to get his throat stretched because all of that scar tissue would just keep like building itself back up and so his throat basically, like, started closing Closing. again. So they had to, you know, slowly, like, open it up. And it wasn't... um, How'd they do that? So they pretty much... The thing that they they put through your nose with the little scope to, like, see what's going down there, they have one that's similar to where it kind of just, like, gets wider.
1: Sorry, because I can't even, like... (laughs) Just the thought, I'm sorry, I, just the thought of anything going up the nose just automatically hurts my feelings. <laughs> it hurts your feelings.
0: It's not painful, but it is extremely uncomfortable. It's like the weirdest. Have you ever had something like that happen to you?
1: No. no. And I don't plan to.
0: <laughs> so one of the times that I went to go get checked out at the ENT, because I was like having like, a complete like panic attack. Um, they have to put me them. down
1: they to, I mean they have to put me out
0: no they just they spray like numbing spray in your nose and they just shove it up there
1: <laughs> nope you've told me about that before and it's still not an option excuse me I'm going to need some anesthesia if you're going to be sticking anything up my nose and thank you
0: well that's kind of cool too because then you can like they have like a little tv screen over there I don't can see. Just, like, see they that... can
1: record it and play it later <laughs> like this is what we got video for on the phone we'll like watch it later turn it
0: too but you know what they can turn it so you don't have to see it, but they obviously need to see what's, you know.
1: No, they can just put me under, do what they need to do, record it, mm-hmm. I'll watch it later.
0: Well, one of the worst things is when my dad had to go back in the hospital a time and they had to put the feeding tube through his nose. That was a, uh, I'd rather have the scope go in than a feeding tube. I'll just put it that way.
1: Wow. So they put this thing through his nose and then once it gets down to his throat, they can make it expand.
0: Yes. To get back on track. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they're able to make it expand, um, you know, however they have like the different like diameters and stuff that they use it for. Um, sure. And the important part there is that you don't want to make it too big or do it too fast because then you can tear your throat and you don't want that to happen. So it was always a little like nerve wracking going into it, but it was pretty routine for them to do it. And they knew what they were doing and it helped him every time. Like it after the fact it just felt more of like a sore throat it didn't Mm. really like it wasn't painful necessarily
1: um it was a lot of discomfort yeah definitely oh gosh girl so he went
0: through that um and also with the radiation because again where it was being directed it kind of eventually messed up with his hearing a little bit um Mm. he he didn't go completely like deaf or anything like that but it definitely became harder for him to hear as like time went on.
1: Who would have thought, right?
0: Yeah. So he definitely, he definitely had a lot of different um, side effects from, from the chemo and the radiation, obviously more so the radiation. Um, And I would say it was more short term than long term. Um, But it is things that you definitely have to consider if you're the one that's having to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his case was it things that like he wanted no nobody wants to experience that oh, you know
1: of course not that's a big decision to make too when you make that decision
0: right but at the end of the day it saved his life so
1: right you know it's either saving lives or at least extending the quality of life for most people yeah. or i can't even say for most people for people mm-hmm. um whereas for other people it can be more damaging Mm -hmm. because their bodies can't take it or you know
0: yeah
1: it sucks because you really don't know which way it's going to go and you don't know how anyone's going to react to anything that's not natural stuff for people to go through so it's not like oh let me just use some homeopathic type of way and have probably not as bad effects versus something that's very powerful
0: right no it's like intentionally made to just like destroy all of your insides
1: to kill the cancer so pretty much and everything else gets sacrificed with it right (sighs) you know it's it's crazy because i was thinking while you were talking that you know i don't forget but i don't put into the forefront of my mind a lot of the times that um my grandmother's cancer was the first cancer i dealt with personally Mm -hmm. yeah and i didn't have a lot once again i wasn't as involved with hers as my mom's like i was involved with you know the the caregiving at home Mm -hmm. when my grandmother started to really go downhill but um you know i realized that my grandma she was very tired some too after her chemo appointments and yeah um that she used to have me chauffeur her around And she used to want to pay me money to drive her places. And I'm like, Grandma, you don't have to pay me. She's like, you better take this damn money and shut up. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. But it was just like, and I think it's just because, you know, looking back at it now, you know, I was her granddaughter doing that. I wasn't one of her kids. I was her granddaughter. Like, I didn't have to do that. But I always felt like I was one of her kids because of, you know, growing up in her home and her helping my mom with raising me, so mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was going out of my way ever to transport her back and forth to different places if she needed it. Right. Oh, if she wanted to go to the grocery store, then I'd take her. Like, if I have nothing going on, I was just glad for the fact that she was comfortable with riding in the passenger seat of my car. <laughs> you know? Right. But.
0: Well, and she's family and you lived together. I feel like yeah. it'd be different if maybe you didn't or something, you know? but
1: I honestly don't think that would have made a difference. Like, that was no. my grandma. You know, like I've just always been raised with, you know, respect to your elders and, you know, granted I was raised to be like obedient, I'd like to say. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I just never really questioned doing anything for her because why would I? Right. So that was that was really my first experience with someone going through chemo and being involved. Gotcha. Yes, hunte. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: but yeah. what do you know of like what other types of treatments there are aside from like chemo and radiation when it comes to cancer? Because myself, um, those are the only two things I'm actually familiar with. And I remember when my mom was, you know, going through it, and you know, when I actually remember specifically being at Yale Hospital when you were texting me this and that you had mentioned another type of therapy and you're like, look into it. There's other different kinds. It's not just, you know, chemo and radiation. Mm -hmm. There's something else, but I can't remember what it is now, but do you remember?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So before I get into that one though. Okay. So the other thing that is, I don't know, kind of obvious, but like not so obvious is surgery. Mm. So Truth. That's yeah. kind of something else that I was thinking, too, because that's also something that my dad had experienced. Right, um, that's
1: true. My mom, too.
0: Take his his word with a grain of salt, but he always swore that once air gets into it, it just spreads like wildfire. And, it's the truth. You know, I don't really want to say it, but it in our situation, that turned out to be kind of true. Um, yeah,
1: sorry. I, already, I said it before. You didn't want to say it. <laughs> no, you're fine. Jeez.
0: Um, but so basically when it came to that, he had two different surgeries about like, maybe like a year apart from each other. And so the first one was definitely the more, I don't know why I I, they're both are like extremely major. They're like eight hour long procedures and it was just a fucking mm. nightmare. Right. Um, but basically the first one was when he got his trach. Um, so basically when I say that, I mean that they, um, poked a hole like in the bottom of his neck, basically to where that was going to be his new way to breathe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I'm trying to think about why they did that. Um,
1: so you could breathe?
0: Oh no. Well, yes, but breathing wasn't the issue. It's because when it came back the 11 years later, it showed up on his vocal cords So they had to extract that cancer, Yep. um, which is why after that surgery was, well, I guess technically before that surgery happened was one of the last times I ever heard my dad's voice Mm -hmm. um, because they had to remove the cancer, which they did do successfully. They were able to, um, you know, remove it with what they say, clean margins, Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: but it took it took his his voice. And it was a whole new way of learning how to do things because you weren't breathing out of your mouth any longer. You're breathing out of like this hole in your neck and we had to learn how to clean it. And all these challenges and things that came with that was definitely a learning process. Um, So, I mean, I guess the side effect that you would say from getting a laryngectomy is not having a voice.
1: That's a big thing. (laughs)
0: um so now he you know had the trouble eating and swallowing and stuff for 11 years and now it's like mm-hmm. oh but now you can't talk and you can't say anything ever again so that was definitely a hard one um thankfully we were kind of like two peas in a pod so no matter what kind of a situation we were in i can always read his lips which i still feel like it's kind of like the weirdest thing but like i don't know that's, a real, just, bond. Like, that's totally a real bond
1: totally instinct
0: to where like you know Someone would be like talking to him and stuff and he would like try to say something and I would like kind of like be like his voice for him. Yeah. So
1: I don't know. That was just well, like that's real love and that's a bond when you're that close to someone. Yeah. How can you not, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess that is true. Um, so that was a that was a new and a different thing to uh to get accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And then for his second surgery, which is when he had his glossectomy or partial glossectomy, which is when they had to remove a part of his tongue. That was um, the one that
1: was less successful, right?
0: Yes, because when they went in to do that, they had noticed that it was spreading. Um, it was on his external carotid artery, which they were able to remove that because there's two different carotid arteries there there's one of them that's like your lifeline and there's another one i guess that you don't really like need as much or like a kidneys kind of to where like you can remove it and it won't really you know like affect you too much or whatever mm-hmm. um i don't remember like all the details and stuff about it at this point but they were able to like remove that but there was still just so much cancer um, I just remember the doctor getting on the phone and just telling us that they weren't able to successfully, you know, get it all out with, with the clean margins that they had the first time around.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that was a nightmare. Um, and I mean, obviously the side effect from that is that he lost part of his tongue. Um. So that was just the biggest struggle for him trying to learn how to to eat again and swallow and, and things like just, that. But right. him being him and being determined, he refused to get like the feeding tube and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, there's just so many different things and parts. And I feel like I can just like ramble on forever. But <laughs> the big takeaway from that is that the eating was a different struggle because he didn't have part of his tongue.
1: So. Yeah. That's a big thing, especially, of course, with heading, head and neck cancers.
0: Yeah, it's just not a not a good thing to have ever. Um, right. But to circle back and get back to what you were asking about, um, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm s- upset that my dad wasn't able to do it. Um, he was actually in a clinical trial to be able to get this, which is the immunotherapy.
1: That's what it was.
0: Um. I was really excited for him to, to get into this trial. It wasn't guaranteed. He was going to be one of the ones to actually receive it. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically what it is, is the doctors use your own, um, your own like immune system, like your white blood cells to basically attack the cancer that's in your body. So they're not injecting any kind of drugs. They're not, you know, using all these, like, lethal chemicals and things like that. They're using your own body, like, mm. defense mechanism to yep. fight off the cancer. They add, you know, whatever whatever kind of codes and things that they need to within that sample and inject it back, so that way your cells know how to fight that that cancer.
1: That's pretty cool. Um,
0: so I, I think that I'm I'm pretty sure that that is successful in, uh, you know, a lot of um, – people's like situations i think that it's more of a thing now than it was you know just five years ago
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but i don't know how like common it is if if it still just has to be a clinical trial or if you can actually like go in and like just get immunotherapy that i'm not too sure because obviously i haven't had to really, like look up right you know, look into it lately but right um but yeah that was something that i i suggested to you for your mom
1: that's kind of like the homeopathic route you know it's the more natural route which for myself today that's how I do things Mm -hmm. um you know I definitely would if I had to go back down the cancer route knock on wood that I don't you know have to endure anyone I know to go through that but um I would say I would put a better effort into looking at that but the that sounds so good that I feel like insurance wouldn't even cover it if it was a, you <laughs> know knows? what I mean? Probably If it not. was a thing they can do. So
0: Yeah.
1: If... It's just crazy. Well, yeah, But thank you for sharing that.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm glad I definitely you...
1: forgot what it was called.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I think that it was still such a new thing. That's why they were doing these like clinical trials and stuff. So.
1: Yep. Very true.
0: Yeah. Wow, girl. But yeah, so definitely uh, a lot of side effects when you go through, you know, the certain treatments and things that they have out there and just experiencing the disease in itself. Um, But it really is just up to the person going through it. And even the support system around them, too, um, you know, to just research, know all your facts, understand exactly what it is that you're getting yourself through. Because I feel like a lot of times for us, it was just like, you have this cancer we need to do this like right now to mm-hmm. you know solve everything and whatever and sometimes you don't really have a time to think about it right. um which can be a good and a bad thing because i'm pretty sure if my dad like really sat down and thought about half the shit that he went through he might not have done it um,
1: right
0: so i don't know it's really up to the person and i guess my best advice would just be to really research it um understand to a point what it is you're getting into because some of these things as you know you've just heard me describe can be a true game changer in your quality of life exactly I feel like you have to ask yourself that question like is this something I'm like willing to
1: live do or sacrifice yeah it's so crazy you said that that I literally was just thinking the quality quality of life is going to help to make a true determining factor of you know, what route to take when it comes to treatment or no treatment or just how to handle situations in general. Mm -hmm. That is really the pressing question and how you're going to answer that. And that, in my opinion, can help you get to the determining factor of what you're going to do or what you're not going to do. But, and also again, to piggyback off of what you said, to look into, you know, these decisions that you're making, look at your pros and your cons, definitely look at all options even if you know off rip that's not an option you want to take still look at it because even though we may think we know everything about something there's always more to it and it just allows you to just be more aware of what you're getting into
0: yeah exactly and don't be afraid to get a second opinion
1: Mm -hmm. that's the truth especially nowadays
0: yeah
1: that was a mouthful yeah yes
0: Say so, a lot of memories that you don't like to remember, but you know. Yeah, that's one, very true. One man's knowledge is another one's wisdom. I just, All right, that makes sense.
1: You're not the philosophical <laughs> one in the group here, but well, I, I thought appreciate that the I attempt. Was. <laughs> I appreciate the attempt. Oh uh, my gosh! So, do you have anything else to uh share with our folks before we wrap up this episode?
0: Nope i uh I think that was my greatest words of wisdom. <laughs> that I could
1: think of was always thank you for sharing your experience because uh you know even though we both have gone through traumatic experiences um you know you've endured more trauma in my opinion than what I've gone through um especially with your dad having to adjust his lifestyle um for things that we as everyday people take for granted so yeah definitely. thank you for sharing that And to all of you that are tuning in, whether you're listening or watching, we appreciate you for taking the time to learn a little more about, uh, you know, the reactions people have with different types of treatment and just taking the opportunity to listen to us talk during this time of awareness for head and neck cancer. For this month of April. And we thank you as always. For tuning in to another episode. And we'll see you next time. Yes
0: bye.
1: Bye.